Welcome to the Inside the Eight podcast with your hosts, Jamie Monroe and Colleen McGarity. This podcast is dedicated to all things women's lacrosse. We will break down top games of the week, discuss coaching strategies, and lacrosse recruiting. We will even bring in some of the game's top coaches and players as special guests. And now, here are your hosts, Jamie and Colleen. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Inside the Eight podcast, and I'm excited to have head coach of the North Carolina women's lacrosse team, Jenny Levy. How's it going, Jenny? Thanks for having me, Carl. Doing well. I can't believe it's almost April. I know, right? Kind of time flies. It was crazy. I mean, the pandemic we were, was slow. <laughs> I know. We're coming out of the holidays and looking at like, you know, COVID spikes and like doom and gloom reports of like what everything was going to happen. And I'm thinking, how in the world am I going to get us through January, February, March? And now here we are. And you know, who knew, we didn't know if like people were gonna be able to play lacrosse or not. We were hoping everybody had kind of schedules, not. <laughs> and of course our first game gets canceled and we're like, oh my God. So I can't believe it's almost April. I'm very grateful. Crazy. I know it's bizarre that it's Easter next weekend. And I just think, thank God for lacrosse right now. Cause I feel like it's a normalcy for all of the lacrosse lovers out here and watching college lacrosse. And we just started up our high school season, which is awesome um, yeah. for the youth and I think a lot of regions are, you know, are starting a little bit later, but they have that like light at the end of the tunnel. Um, but it's still definitely not gone. So I think everyone has a perspective to like live in the moment and, you know, enjoy your day. Cause you don't know if you have tomorrow, like the other day we almost had a scare. I have a game canceled next week. So it's definitely not gone. No, no <laughs> I, 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 we we're ca- cautiously optimistic, but still um, we've been practicing in mass. Um, I'm sure like everybody else has since January, um, but it's, it, it was my rule. We didn't have to do it. And so we've made it three months where actually Carolina is allowing our guys to get vaccinated. So, oh. so that's pretty awesome. So we're starting to get into a little bit more of, of a territory where if somebody does get positive, it's not going to shut down our whole team through contact tracing, which has been my biggest fear because all of our guys live together. And yeah. so, you know, the houses have had to stay apart and it's been a big challenge to try to team build, which is something that we really enjoy doing with our guys. Totally. I think that's the biggest thing missed is just those little moments of like mm-hmm. eating meals together. Like that's, mm-hmm. you know, something that you took for granted. And that's what I was wondering, do you guys, is your staff all vaccinated as well? So I got vaccinated, our, my whole staff got vaccinated like two or three weeks ago because we were group three okay. in, in the state yeah. of North Carolina. So that was really good. Kara, Kara's still like really worried about like, I don't know, something creeping up her nose when she's sleeping <laughs> or something. So <laughs> she's definitely the most paranoid on staff with Bill. <laughs> I was really super worried because I have two high schoolers at home mm-hmm. and they were in North Carolina. The lacrosse season in North Carolina started in January. Oh, wow. It's really cool because it's really wet and we don't have turf fields. So it was a really good <laughs> way. <laughs> but um, uh, they were on buses for games and things like oh, that. Wow. So I was just super paranoid that they would bring something back to me mm-hmm. and I would shut the whole staff down, which we're away from our kids enough that we wouldn't shut them down but we would yep. shut the staff down and not that I'm not important not I'm not that yeah, important we are important. Can run without me <laughs> but um yeah so 
I know I get my second vaccination shot today, actually. So I'm oh. really excited about, I almost got shut down because of student in our school. And it's just like, yeah. holy crap. Like once I get my vaccination though, then I don't have to be shut down, which is yeah. nice yeah. You know, to have that yeah. you know, behind us. I got but, the Johnson and Johnson one. And I was like, I was feeling a little trippy for like a week. I, saw I know, I'm like, I'm I was, out of it this weekend. <laughs> I was telling Shelly last Saturday when, or Sunday when we played JMU, I'm like, whew. I was fine. I was still at work, but I was like, I was having crazy dreams. Wait, that's so funny. Rooms were spinning. I don't know. I'm like, is this COVID or like, I don't know what the hell's going on. I'll give you a report how it goes for me. I was like, I, cause obviously just like you, I plan to do my whole weekend. I lacrosse practices, games. I'm like, I'll be at all of them, but I might be a different person for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Going into that though, what do you think was the biggest difference maybe behavioral wise or culture wise for your team this year compared to what happened last year? Um, you mean it's trying to get back on the field and stay. Yeah. And like, did they have a different perspective or did you notice like, all right, a different appreciation for being out there? Or, oh yeah. yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, everybody has the same story, you know, when things shut down last March and just how heartbreaking it was. And, you know, for all the coaches out there, everybody knows how hard you work to get to that, to get into your season and then to get into the heart of it in March, you know, you're still making progress as a group and, you know, you're, you don't hit your ultimate stride until April, May, but you know, you, you put a lot of hard work in up to that point and just to have it shut down and not be able to see, you know, where you were headed was, is hard, but it's first world problems, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we were, we were talking about a game of lacrosse and, and, but it is important to people and it's important for your mental health too. So when it was all taken away, um, you know, getting back on the field in the fall was awesome. Um, we were really lucky. We were one of the few, I guess, one of the schools that could practice this fall. So, you know, it was um, a, a little bit bigger of a team. We didn't have a super size squad. We have about 40 on our team right now, that's four goalies. Um, yeah, that's actually not and, that crazy for- No, yeah. and normally we carry anywhere from like 34 to 36. So it's pretty, but we were not being able to spend any time together was like the biggest issue. Um, so we had to really think through like how we wanted to kind of connect, not even, not only like our players with each other, but also connect, you know, our, our, you know, our, our staff with our players. Um, and then once we got into January, you know, we have a great senior group um, and that's fifth years and fourth years. And I'm just lucky, like our leadership is really good this year and it was really good last year. And so we return a bulk of that, that basically like they're pretty focused on what they needed to do to get through the season. And then it was like, you know, we have our sophomore class are basically freshmen again, cause they didn't really go through a full season. And then we have a freshman class that God bless their little souls, but like they've been stuck in dorms with masks and, you know, I just feel I'm like, you know, they call it the roaring twenties, right? (laughs) We're in the twenties again. I think we're going to have another roaring twenties. And I'm like, oh my God, what is next fall going to be like when like people are playing football games? Like it's going to be in the house. I am. (laughs) You're going to have to have Sunday morning practices all the time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah we're um, running 5ks on Sundays guys right? yeah <laughs> um that's great though what is something that you guys did that you said that there was a hardship of 
you know, that team bonding, you didn't get to, you know, have the normal meals you have, or maybe go over your house or anything like that, that you might've done in the past. Is there something that you guys thought worked well to help that culture stay strong for this year? Um, one thing we did, um, is, uh, well, and also we were down to staff members. So, oh, yeah. um, you know, we started the year, Phil and I on the coaching side and then Kara. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, it was just the three of us. We were down a, our volunteer assistant and we were also down a, an assistant assistant. So we, we basically, we met with every kid twice a month. So every kid on our team either met with me or Phil. So Phil and I had five days a week, we met with two or three kids on our team. And then the next week it flip-flopped to a different group and then the next flip-flopped back. So we, we really just tried to spend some time with them as human beings, not even talking about lacrosse, just trying to get a hold of like, um, you know, where they are mentally, you know, what's going on with them, you know, off the field. And then uh, we, we did a lot, we just did a lot of things like leadership committee meetings, we read a book, we we had, we were like, okay, no one's doing anything this weekend, everyone watched this movie. And, and, and it was like funny movies, it wasn't even yeah. like, super serious things, but just something that we all could like focus on together. Um, We did a lot of conversations around like mental health skills. We also did a lot of conversations with social justice. We had a lot of conversations with um, around the national anthem in the fall, because that was a big hot topic. So we got into some like pretty heavy things which mm-hmm. normally, as you know, you wouldn't normally do with a team. Yeah. So it had a different effect, um, but it actually broke down a lot of the barriers. I think that that maybe people, you don't even spend time getting to know about each other. So it, yeah. it gave you a different type of, of connection than with that actually is a lot more meaningful. Totally. Yeah. yeah, totally. I mean, I, you know, obviously we're going to get into some books and stuff. I'm a big reader as well, but one of the quotes that I uh, read before my season was just like, you can't even have a culture if you don't trust each other. So it sounded like totally. what you did created a trust that you can't create anywhere else. So it's kind of nice. Yeah. That's the silver lining of, you know, yeah. the COVID protocols. Yeah. And we had some cool moments around like the anthem is a pretty intense conversation because of how much it's linked to, um, you know, def- you know, service on, for your country. And, and I come from a uh, my dad served in, in Vietnam, my, my, and so did my uncle. My grandfather served in World War II and was a prisoner of war um, and was on the invasion of Normandy on Omaha Beach wow. on D-Day. So like, I have a very big military background. Um, I was born on an Air Force base, um, but it still didn't, doesn't trump for me just the, the social justice because I have a lot of friends um, that, that I love and I care for that, you know, after all this started to come in front of us that has been in front of many people forever for their whole lives. And we just had the luxury of privilege, um, you know, having some conversations with them and realizing that they, they live in a totally different struggle than, than we did, you know, my black friends. And, and so I just, I, I can't stomach it. Like, I just right. couldn't, like, I, I was so upset at myself for not realizing that that exists and I was like, I, I, it's not okay. And then you put on the, you know, the, the women's rights and the gay rights. And so for me, the Anthem discussion was really interesting with our team. And so I shared with the team what I was gonna do. 
and really cool. I had one of my senior captains say, Jenny, I really respect you, but I'm going to do the opposite, which was awesome. Yeah. And so you have your two leaders, two of your leaders of your team doing opposite things. And it totally like took, it just deflated the, the tension right. of what people were going to do for the anthem. And That's everyone amazing. had the right yeah. to choose. And, um, you know, our, we don't have a lot of diversity on our team. It's not something I love, but um, it's a reality. It's truth. But um, it, uh, it just allowed, and I had someone stand up and say, listen, I, I'm not going to judge people for what they're going to do. Whatever you do, you do. And right. we will all trust each other that it's for the reason that that's important to you. That's and awesome. So we had some really like, that's really cool, cool moments. Yeah. yeah. I, and I think the U.S. women's soccer team was a great role model and reflection in some of their pictures to help, you know, teams understand that it's okay to be different. Yeah. 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 And, and just, you know, come to a place where you're respectful of each other and not judging. Um, and we really, it, people were very nervous about that conversation when we had it this fall. Mm -hmm. And um, it hasn't been a, it, everyone just moved on after that. It, right. and, we've, and we've done what we've done this, this spring. And it's been, it was awesome. Like I really- I not realize how much that conversation is making them the team that they are right now. Right. No, That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. Awesome. Um, all right. I'll flip the switch a little bit to lacrosse and then we'll kind of get back to culture at the end. But um, obviously you guys are having a very successful start to your season. Your attack is pretty loaded out there. Um, so I, I love Scotty. Obviously I work with her a lot in the summertime and I'm excited. I'll be coaching a tournament with her this summer as well. Um, what is like kind of your mindset on attack? Are you guys set plays? Is it just a motion giving them the freelance? I mean, you have some talented athletes out there. So, yeah. Um, so I, I played when I played everything, um, was basketball based. So I played a really long time ago and we, you know, as embarrassingly enough, it was with wooden sticks, but I do appreciate that there was a huge basketball background into the philosophy that we played and it was learning how to read defenses and what they're giving you and what, how they're shifting. And um, so that was something that is in my background. I played 13 years of basketball coming through from um, Catholic school all the way through. Um, and um, I also heard something a long time ago from um, Simmons at Syracuse about coaching Mikey Powell. And he's like, you know, when you coach Mikey Powell, you, you've got to let the talent like be creative. You can't take their superpower away from them by sticking them into a system. Um, so what we did is we watched Mikey and see what he did naturally. And then we developed stuff around that. And so, you know, with our offense, um, you're, we are going to have some sets. Um, we are going to have like some structure and some, some subtle rules. So everyone's not trying to cut at the same time or dodge, you know, be in each other's way. Um, and there's also, you know, we have, you know, one-time plays and things that can set up different kids for different things, but, um, it's not as structured as some of the other programs that we mm -hmm. face. And I think the good of that is it's very unpredictable. It's very hard to figure out like who's going to do what, when, um, and from where, um, I think the harder part of that is that it takes us longer to be, to be excellent um, because it's chemistry based and it's high IQ, high skill based. 
Um, and there's a lot of different elements to it. So we're going to develop the individual skill piece always, and we do it throughout the whole entire year. Um, but your IQ has to be high and you have to have chemistry. And so it takes time. I call that like, you know, some people call it social capital because it's like, you know, it's, it takes time. Like a Margaret Heffernan um, said on a TED talk radio, TED talk, she's like, social capital is just time spent with people. Like you have mm -hmm. to, it's, you can't like buy it, right? right? You can't buy that connection. It's time spent. And so um, even though we have a very similar group from last year, there's new people in it and yep. we need some time spent and games have been great for us to figure out, um, you know, to figure out kind of what we, what we need to be doing and who needs to be doing what, where. Um, so I would say that we're wholesomely, um, discontented, which Perfect. is, which is something that I picked up from Colleen Hacker, who, um, I work with, but I, I like that it's, it's there's still a work in progress and there's still a lot for us to be doing better. That's awesome. No, I love that. And I love the basketball piece. I'm a basketball player myself. That's why I like, I always okay. about yeah. that. thought I was going to play basketball in college, played it for forever. Um, and my dad's a basketball coach. I think the only way he- oh, I didn't know. Yeah. He coaches. Yeah. I know. He still coaches at LaSalle High School, the all boys school around the corner from, from me. But um, so whenever he would connect with me on the field was basketball. It's the only way he can- like relate to lacrosse because he just didn't know lacrosse yeah you just be like did you read your defender and you know it's funny like <laughs> it's so weird coach youth kids and people that don't play basketball don't read their defenders it's weird like, right? where they're they're forcing yeah. you know they want you to go that way so it's really great that me and jamie talk about this a lot we, we evaluate basketball film all the time and the way that they're moving and kobe bryant and other people that are just phenomenal at just you know getting their shot off with time and composure. Yeah. And yeah. the spacing. So back in, I might not get the year wrong, but 2000, I think five, um, uh, Mark Van Arsdale was at Virginia. And I think that's the year they won with Dom. They won a, a championship that year and their ball movement and their spacing was unbelievable. And they were, they were running stuff that was very similar to what we were running yet. They were the backside of it was just like, it's like, it's like, it's like Curry, you know, like mm -hmm. he doesn't need much time or space to get his three shot off, no. you know, and, and he, and he can do it at a snap. And then I think, you know, part of that is also, he already is in his space and his feet are already ready to roll. Sometimes mm -hmm. they're not, but I, I do think like watching that Virginia team that year, I called Mark and I was like, how are, how are you training that? Like, how are you training that ball movement and that stick work? You know, what are some of the concepts behind that? Because we are doing very something similar, but we're not getting the same shots off. Right. And um, you know, it's just some like still stick work and skill work and some spacing. And when you watch like the NBA now and even some of the college teams, the spacing's so, I mean, Gonzaga right now is unbelievable, right? Yeah. And their spacing on the floor, I mean, Kevin Timmy is like, I mean, I, I can't, Ben Stiller and him are like, <laughs> so funny. The, what is that? Um, the What's that word? They're like, the, this. they look the same, the doppel, uh, whatever. They're like uncanny, is. like, yeah. Doppelganger, whatever yeah, that word. Doppelganger, word. yeah. Yeah, so, um, but, the, but what's, I mean, it's all sport in like basketball or lacrosse. It's like, 
can you beat your person? And if you're beating your person, you're gonna draw a slide. If you're drawing the slide, then what's the next point? Can you get through or are you moving the ball? And what's the, what's the spacing look like when you're moving the ball? Right. It's really simple, actually. <laughs> I know. It's and I hard to teach, but it's so very funny. Simple. And I was like, they're like, what is the principles? I'm like, it's really simple. Like dodge pass fast, but do it in a timed way with the correct spacing. And then do you, do you guys have, what was that answer from the Virginia coach when you asked that? Like, what do you guys do for drills that help spacing? Are there small sided things, confined space? Or does it continually reps on seven on seven? Um, that he used a couple of things. He used like, obviously catching across your body. You know, are you switching hands when you're moving the ball? Like a lot of people will see switch hands, which is so inefficient. Yeah. Some people, even if you have your strong hand and it's, you want your, in, your you want to stick to the inside of the field, right? Most yep. of the time. But he's like, sometimes you can catch across your body. So just like, like really simple drills, like um, triangle passing yep. that you can do in a box where you're just, you're, you're snapping the ball across your body and then learning how to like step back to make that pass, maybe curl into it to make that pass. You know, a lot of these guys, you know, when you, when you watch like a simple curl drill, they're, they're using so much space on the field. Mm-hmm. I'm like, stop using you. You can't do that. Like you're right. going right into the defense. Like your curl cut is actually, it's just, it's like one, two, one, two, like, right. It's like your hips more. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, and then just the, the simple in the simple, like concept of like catching with your feet, facing the, facing the, the goal. Right. Yeah. I mean, we worked on, like, we call it like outside inside, like, and we've worked on this for years, but like as a midi, are you catching the ball on the reverse with your feet upfield? Are you catching the ball curling? So now your feet are coming downfield, like the inefficiencies of the feet, um, lead to the inefficiencies of your stick, which lead to the inefficiencies of your offense. Totally. It's all linked and it's yeah. all basketball to me. And totally. so, you know, we, I don't know why a lot of these guys don't understand it. Cause if you're watching sport, you'll see that like on a basketball court, there's not a lot of space to be like, you know, taking sweep dodges or, yeah. or you know, the, the ball movement is very crisp. And I think yeah. lacrosse, you know, especially on the women's side, I just see a lot of inefficiencies in it. You know, totally. I know exactly what you mean. It's just funny, even like the angles of dodging or the down the alley shots that are like so far out. It's just like, I was like, I, I know that went in in high school, but there's no chance it's going in in college. Not a chance. I mean, we, <laughs> we work a lot on coming from a 45. I, I thank Maryland for this because mm-hmm. defensively, um, you know, Kenneth has them you know, they're always so good and they know exactly what they're, they're, what they're doing as far as like, they force down and out, like yeah. Maryland's always forced down and out, but they're not high pressure. They're yeah. going to back up with you. And then they're going to, then they're going to move their hips to go down the alley. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that causes a lot of teams, a lot of problems yeah. because, because now you're, it, it's like, it's a weird angle that they're making you take offensively. And if you're coming at them like North South, really square, you have no shot at making it. and their goalies make all those saves. I mean, right. you know, it's, it's very predictable for their goalies and their defense, what they're giving up. And, and so we, we changed a, many, many years ago on just teaching dodging at a 45 right? and, and getting the hips flipped. I mean, if you watch a cornerback in football yeah. like, and you watch your, your receivers, like that's that battle right there. Exactly. Yeah. So we use a lot of different sports to just incorporate 
visually what they're trying to get at. Cause I think women don't watch enough sports. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah. so like my own daughter at 14, she's, she, she's living the life I wish I lived. Cause I was the oldest mm -hmm. of four girls, but she's the youngest of three and she's got two older brothers. So everything we watch is sports we're, right. we're constantly, there's nothing else on TV except for maybe friends. Right. <laughs> but like, but we're constantly looking at like these little nuances of like what people are doing that that's why that that plays effective. Right. Which is so, so important because it's, we talked about a little bit about this yesterday, but there's so many athletes out there that have the skills and have the potential, but they just don't know the smartest way to, to make the play. Yeah. Or they'll turn someone's hips and go back to the yeah. way that like they were yeah. not supposed to go. Yeah. You actually so really, did it. <laughs> so really interesting about efficiencies is um, we've, we've, we've been into the sports science. We've been, I've been in sports science probably since 2014 is when I started getting really into it, which was a little bit ahead of the curve, um, working with data, sports science guys, helping with periodization. I know Northwestern ended up working with the same guy we, we use, yeah. but um, I've learned a lot about it. Um, we are, we use VX sport now versus catapult, which is okay. like, you know, it has like the, the data packs on the back. So, you know, we actually use catapults at, here at Penn Charter. Yeah. So, so it, it, we also, um, but we dove into that early for injury prevention, but it's also, we use it to train as well. And mm -hmm. I'm like, I total, totally geek out on it, but <laughs> But the, um, the guy who I'm working with this year was telling me, cause he's got a soccer background and I think he was at Oklahoma to start and he was doing a lot of stuff. So he, he said, it's funny cause you might have one player who's covering X amount of ground, let's say, you know, 9,000, which is a lot, you know, nine right. to 11,000 is a lot for a game for us. Yeah. And then you might have another guy who's like 7,500. And so he said to the coach, he goes, so this guy who's covering, you know, let's say 9,000, he's like, how efficient is he as an athlete? And the guy's like, oh, he's all over the place. And so like, actually the more effective athlete, you can even see in their data on how effective they are on the field. Right. In, in similar positions, in fairness. Yes, attack to you attack. Know, like yeah, yeah. middies, defenders, attackers. Everyone. Now, depending on like what type of runs people are making. And I was telling the attack, I'm like, your data is always high when you don't finish well. Right. <laughs> so so you got to ride. Backing up the net and you're yeah. riding. Yeah. Yeah. So it's funny, like talking about efficiencies, you even start to see it on how people use their energy on the field too. Right. So, I mean, yes, cutting, like the wide curl cuts, <laughs> like the, mm -hmm. the dodges that are all across the eight, you know, it's just, if you're efficient and you get it done, you're going to yeah. have more energy. Yeah. And, and the really fast kids, you know, in our sport, in high school, if you're really fast, you kind of get away with not learning some of the nuances of the game, right? You just run by people and the officials yep. call crazy fouls that, you know, don't get me started on the high school game, but <laughs> yeah. the, but the, but like you can have a slower defender, let's say who's way more efficient than the faster defender who just gets beat all the time and recovers, mm -hmm. you know, where the, the slower defender is like, well, I can't get beat out there cause I can't recover. Yeah. So I had to play a little differently. So yeah. it's interesting. It is. I mean, if Jamie were on here, he would have a heyday on the, the really fast high school athletes, the youth lacrosse, doesn't help develop super, super fast lacrosse players because nope. you reward them with the eight meter or the crazy foul. And 
you know, goalies aren't amazing in high school. Like if you just shoot the down the alley shot, running as fast as you possibly can, you're probably going to make probably a score. score. Yeah. <laughs> but it is interesting. And like, I've seen it right at first time at Northwestern watching some of like my, my really fast athletes just really struggle getting into the offense or not even knowing what a slow break is because they've never done it. You know, they've, they've never had to do that. No. Um, so it's really interesting leading into um, your shooting and how your shooting percentage is just really effective. So one thing I noticed with high school athletes, and I wanted to see if you had any insight or what you guys do at North Carolina is a lot of times girls just don't take the time they'll fake and then put it right stick side high. It's like the other day I was like, Holy, you were so athletic. You had all the time in the world and you still shot had a pass with the goalie. So is there something that you, a phrase or there's a, drills that you guys do to help on like just taking that extra second and I know that like Kelly used to just say see the white part like just hit the net (laughs) yeah so I call it I kind of I call it kind of like power finesse yeah you've got to use your power to get yourself in a position to put the ball in the back of the net and then you've got to use the finesse piece to like be strategic on like putting the ball in the back of the net yeah And I, a lot of like, we're playing a lot of teams right now that play zone and their goalies are all playing a high crease. You know, it's, it's a good strategy. You've got pressure on the shooters. There's you're getting double teamed and you're either going to like, you're taking shots that have a lot of pressure on you. If you're not moving the ball correctly and you're not spaced correctly Mm -hmm. and the goalies are high out on their crease and just, you know, the kids are under pressure. So it's really hard to flip your hands over to get a low shot when you've got, when you're getting crunched in a double Mm -hmm. and most of the time the balls are high. So it's pretty good for the goalies, pretty good life, you know? And so, you know, I, I think a years ago, um, we had, we had these, I had a team that was like monstrous. They were Mm -hmm. fast, they were physical, and we ended up losing a ACC championship game to UVA. And I think we shot like one for 20 in the first half. Wow. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and, and nothing at UVA. I'm sure, I don't even remember who was on their team or who was on my, right. I remember who was on my team. And I remember <laughs> asking Anson, I'm like, Anson, like, because I, I see, I see as a player, I always saw the net, like, yeah like I saw the goalie and what was given to me and, and I had an easier time. I, I was a finisher. Yeah. And, and I was like, Anson, like I cannot get my guys to finish. Yeah. And he's like, you have to recruit scores. Yeah. And um, I was like, Hmm. He's like, you can develop people to a certain point. Right. But like a Jamie Ortega, yeah. Caitlin Wurzberger, yeah. Katie Hogue scored in high school. Like, Scotty scored in high school. Yeah. Um, you know, you if you recruit scorers, not shooters, but right. finishers, right? They will help, they will always be finishers. Like it's just like even in soccer, like my my kids all play soccer, and yeah, your touch around the cage is your touch around the cage. You either got a touch of a goat or you're <laughs> brilliant. So yep. I I think like pure finishers are like. Like yeah. there's a lot of attackers that get a lot of shots. Like that's one of my biggest things in our practice. Like, great. This kid's really good. She does X, Y, and Z really well, but she never finishes in practice. Like totally. that's not, not going to change in a game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so at least, you know, that about that player, if you think you're gonna put her on the field and she might get hot one game, maybe. Yeah. But um, 
And I would say that is has to do with hands. I think it has to do with like pace of play. Like there's a great old story of Dean Smith and, and um, Bobby Knight. Bobby Knight calls Dean Smith and he goes, I got this seven foot center. I've tried every, I've tried every like drill in the book to try to get this guy to be able to have touch around the basket. And he's like, do you have any drills that I can use? And, and, and Dean's like, yeah, I don't recruit that guy. <laughs> like, you know, you know, hands yeah. of stone or hands of stone. Like there's not Literally. much you can do with hands of stone. Like you can I get know. your stick a little bit better, mm-hmm. but pure finishing is things are slow at the, around the cage. They see, they take the time, but I do think there's some drills that you can do that put your kids in those situations where they're, they're having to find the ball that's not cage centric Mm-hmm. and then turn and have to make a play in front of the cage that's tight and right. see a goalie out in their face and have to put it around them. Totally. So like, like those are like really simple. I mean, I'm sure people do that already, yeah. but it's like a really simple drill and they'll get better at it. Right. But when it's in the game, you know, <laughs> it is just funny. It's just funny. Like watching the choices some people make, I'm like, why was that? Why did you shoot it there? <laughs> like that's the last yep. spot actually you should shoot yep. it. Yeah. The goalie didn't even have to move. Yeah. I mean, um, we, we lost a tough game in 2019 and you know, it's like, it wasn't a surprise that we missed what we missed. I was like, right. yep, that's pretty much that's that. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm sure that doesn't get out of your head though. And you're like, Oh, never again. will we take that shot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but getting into some more, you get a ton of transition goals because you guys are fast, you're athletic, you know, you're moving the ball so fast. Um, what are some of your principles in transition? Is it just like get the ball field as fast as possible? I love um, the your girls run ahead of the ball. Yeah. Um, we train it. Yeah. You know, I, I think you as a you know, as a staff and and whether it's high school or college, you you look at what you have and you you decide like what can you do with that group. Um, but if you want to play in transition and you want to that to be one of your core, you know, core values of play, mm-hmm. you train it. You can't yeah. expect just a fast kid to run the field naturally because, you know, human nature is going to want to take the easy route and the easy route isn't making an 80 yard run. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so we train all of <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Especially if you turn it over and you got to go a yeah. hundred yards back in at a full sprint. But, um, we give them the green light. Mm-hmm. Um, we work with all of our defenders and our middies in transition with stick work. Um, we teach them how to run, like yeah. not, we, we teach them how to make those runs and we do it in a whole bunch of different types of drills. And um, it's, it's a mentality, you know, it's, yeah. it's just something that we value and we, we feel like that um, is important part of what we do, but it also isn't like, if we, fi- if we play a game, like I think, um, our Louisville game, we didn't, I think we got like one transition goal. Yeah. So you were forced to play more settled and it's really important to be able to do both. So you can't, sure. you can't overload your time on, on, on transition pieces and then get stuck having to play seven V seven and not be able to score. So I think that there's a balance between that, but I right. think it's pretty easy in your off season and in your preseason to, to have a couple key things that you do that remind them, like, we're going to get, you know, we're going to pass and move, pass and move. Like yeah. it's just a pretty old school concept, actually. Totally. I just love your defenders are just immediately 
their their mindset changes and it knows like all right we're pushing this ball you know what I mean it's not like right. oh I made a stop let's get it back it's like I'm getting it and we're going and we're yeah. getting a goal out of this yeah I mean it it's like last year I, I'm sure you watched that Northwestern game right mm-hmm. um you know we first half we had like six five v4s that we didn't turn yeah like we didn't we didn't finish on them I'm like right. we could have broken open this game if we were better at it so right. you have to suffer some ugliness too. It's yeah. like, you know, I have three kids and I taught them at an early age, like this is how you load the dishwasher. This is how you unload the dishwasher. And sometimes like I would open the dishwasher and there's like things sideways, upside down, stacked on each other. And it's really ugly. And you're like, well, if you want them to help, you're going to have to suffer ugly in order to get what you want eventually. Yeah. And so I think that with transition too, you have to suffer ugly until it gets better. And then you show them the films. They, you guys want to commit to this or not? Right. This is what it looked like against Northwestern. You had a 5v4 for days and you couldn't turn it. You know, credit Northwestern, but like, right. come on. Totally. Like, when you're so man you up, saw, it should be in your favor. Yeah, yeah. So you saw the improvement this year. Totally. Last year we were in early March and still kind of struggling with like, you know, doing that better. Yeah. I like that. I know it's fun to watch. And I think it, when everyone's bought in, it's, it's on, it should be unstoppable. You are man up, you're beating someone up the field. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, getting to the other side, going off of how well you guys transition it defensively. Um, you guys are always athletic, strong, one-on-one defense. Good. A lot of people are playing zones. What's your guys kind of take? Are you more of the man to man traditional? Are you a little bit of both? What are your thoughts on defense? Um, I think a lot of people have gone to zone because um, of the heavy dodging that's going on and the two men plays on the elbows because people are trying to protect the inside. So the zone really, you know, does that mm-hmm. pretty well. Um, you know, thanks to Jamie, you know, his two man plays is starting to permeate through NU yes. through like, you know, all the different levels of lacrosse. So it's been interesting to see that grow. Um, and there's a lot of value to that. I think defensively, um, zones are, the zones are good. I think there's a time and a place for them. I think what I, what I know just from my experience of like, you know, hitting the, the national team level is the one-on-one stuff. You have to still be really good at one-on-one, even if you want to play a zone. So like, I think it's been my observation and this may not be fair, but a lot of teams that play zone don't have the ability to play really good one-on-one defense. And so it hides different kids in there, which is fine. Cause maybe you don't have enough of what you need. Um, but if you can't play one-on-one, then fundamentally you're, you're going to be flawed. Yeah. I have the same exact thought process on defense coming, you know, playing defense at Northwestern. We were just so fundamental back then. And we just had the athleticism to be one-on-one and, I, I'm with you. Everyone's like, are you going to put in a zone? I'm like, I don't need to because we're athletic enough at Penn Charter right now that I want to show our athleticism. Yeah. And I get questions on the club level too. Like, oh, throw in a zone, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, no, I need, I need the coaches to see how great our defenders are. Like yeah. going out there, pressuring them one-on-one, still sliding. You end up becoming in a zone eventually once you have the yeah. double, you know, in yeah. the backside. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. think, I think that the high school level you know, there's a lot of high school levels that want to play to win, but I, but from my experience of bringing these kids in and we're getting some of the best kids in the country and I, I probably get some heat from this comment, but they come in really ill-prepared to play defense. 
yeah. like at our level. And like, we literally have to like build them all the way back up. And our basketball kids always pick it up faster because they understand, you know, it's, it's taught in basketball. Totally. So yeah. I, I would be curious. I don't know, but Syracuse and Bayheim, they've always played a zone. So they probably recruit to, for that type of athlete and they yeah. know what they need in different positions. But my guess is that they probably also work some man concepts in their off season in order to make sure that their zone is strong. Right. Because anytime you're in a zone, the backside is a, is man down. Totally. And so, and you're sliding to ball movement and you've got to be able to handle your one-on-one. -on -one, and that's the best time to go on a zone is mm -hmm. attack the backside on a ball reversal. So, you know, it's, it's an easy dodge sometimes for a lot of these players. Yeah. No, I love it. And I mean, bringing it back to basketball again, like you would never start your basketball team or that and be like, oh, we're going to start learning a two, three. You would start with a man to man. You'd start with yeah. the man principles. You'd build a, you know, a foundation of like, here's our man to man. Here's our full core press. And then you put in all of the zones after that. So mm -hmm. it's, it's mm -hmm. definitely like, all right, it's more of like a tactical thing, I think, in basketball. Hey, yeah. this is good at this, not yeah. rather than like, this is going to be our main staple. Right. Well, I, I, co I coached my boys in peewee basketball, like rec <laughs> league basketball. Yeah. <laughs> and you're, you weren't allowed to full court press, <laughs> and, but, um, but we were like, all right, we can't really shoot. Cause they're, I coached probably like four or five years as an assistant. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, but if we can learn how to steal and trap, then we can get layups. And that means we can score. Yeah. So we put in like we did all the one-on-one -on -one stuff and taught them how to play one-on-one, -on -one, but we, we ran like a, <laughs> we ran like a one, three, one. Oh, that's the dad's go-to. When I was in Skyo <laughs> basketball, we ran the one, three, one, like crazy. The conduct, steal the ball every single time. Yeah. Totally. The one year they go undefeated and, and Phil's like, Jenny, of course they went undefeated. You're running a one, three, one trap zone for like U seven and eight. <laughs> Kids can't even get past like the three point line. No, yeah. it was hilarious. Oh my god, it was so fun. It's that. amazing. Um, awesome. Well, my main wrap up for this is kind of just we talked a little bit about a book you're reading right now, Adam Grant, and any other favorite books or favorite things like on your mind that you love instilling in your players or something that is a non negotiable or something you love the North Carolina girls to like graduate from when they play for you? Yeah, I think it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about relationships. You know, I, you know, you look at this time during COVID and, and I think everyone's had a chance to like slow down and, and like be with their families and miss their friends and miss like doing little things that are moments that you just get to accumulate as, as people. Um, and I, you know, for us, it's like, Unfortunately, there's, you know, La lacrosse unlimited or is, is this summer for the pro league, which is really exciting. Yeah. But at the end of your four years, it's really about like, you know, what type of time did you invest in the people around you? And, you know, what type of growth, sometimes you have to walk them through the growth that they've had as, as a human, like, you know, we get these, we get these little guys in as freshmen and they, and they have a lot to learn, but they don't even know what they have to learn. Mm -hmm. um, so we really just try to help them understand that process of, of growth and, yeah. and staying in things that are hard and staying in things that aren't instant gratification. And it's not until they get out that they realize like the, these characteristics that they've developed over time, being an athlete 
and how they apply to like their next step in life. And, really? and you know, like how many kids come out, you know, five, 10 years removed from college go, I, I crush my job because everyone else around me doesn't have the same work ethic or discipline or mm-hmm. focus. And so, you know, success as a human is happiness, but also like, like taking the lessons that you've learned and you may not get what you want, you know? And, and I think you're not, I've got a, one of my sons come into Carolina next year and he, he's going to play. And he asked me over spring break. He's like, mom, I've gotten a lot better than I was a year ago. He's in PG this year. And he's like, do you think I could get on the field at Carolina? I go, I have no clue. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, yeah. it, it just depends like what they need, what you can do. Like my yeah. advice to you is know what you're really good at. Um, make sure that you you're working to continue to get good at those things and then f- pay attention to the people in front of you. What do they do? What's their skill set? What's their mentality? Um, play through those guys and learn. Don't, you know, so many times players are on the sideline in practice or in games and they're just not really paying attention. Yep. And so like you can learn a lot by paying attention. If, if I want to you know, play at X and I'm going to watch, you know, a Katie Hogue, or I'm going to watch Wurzberger, you know, I'm going to watch these guys and see what they do. What are they doing that I don't do? And, yep. and having a really good ability to assess my skill set compared to somebody else's. So Perfect. I think that that's always out of whack and, um, and consistency, like showing up every day. So people around you, your teammates and your coaches know what to expect from you every day. Mm-hmm. And, and that, you know, we're as humans, we're inconsistent, but the closer you can, cl- the more you can close that gap in anything that you do. I say, what I say to them, I said, as you do anything, you do everything. So if you're inconsistent as a human, you know, with your discipline in different areas of your life, it's going to show up in everything in your life. Mm-hmm. So think about that. Yeah. And so those are the so, so easy things that are off field lessons that we talk about quite a bit. I love that. And I love just the staying through times are tough. Like, you know, you're getting every star probably in the country, you know, hardest battle is them coming in and not playing. And I tell all of my players that go on to play for Carolina, any of their schools, I'm like, you're learning so much, not playing now, Mm -hmm. just like embrace it and, Mm -hmm. you know, love that role because it's going to help you later in life. And, you know, you know, say you, you, Get, you're at a program that wins a national championship. You go on to your life that's beyond lacrosse. Maybe you're lucky like me and you, like mm-hmm. lacrosse is your life. But no one says to you, you say, oh, you played at the University of North Carolina. You played at Northwestern. You know, they don't ask you whether you like scored the winning goal. They don't oh. ask you if you were the star. They just know that you spent four years in a discipline that was challenging and hard and you chose that. Yep. And, you know, whatever your role was, how you should treat that role like that's the most important role on the team. Whatever your role is, you should yep. take pride in that. Yeah. And from there, great things will happen. I love that. I say that all the time. I'm just like, when you graduate, all that matters is you just wore that jersey and you, mm-hmm. you, you showed up every day and you worked and you did it and you did it with the best player, whether you played, you know, 60 minutes or no minutes, you're equal when you graduate. Yeah. 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 Did you read, I know you got to go, but the captain class, that. did you read the captain uh, class? No, I'm going to write oh. it down. So good. A hundred percent. So good. Um, basically what it is, it's by, um, Sam Walker. Okay. It's a great book. It basically takes a deep dive into, um, they have the, he comes up with a formula of like, what are the greatest all time teams in any sport? 
and why, what made, and they, and he has a, a formula that says like, you had to have won like five to seven championships in a row. You've had to be consistently yeah. great at this, this number of years. And is it, is it the players? Is it the coach? Is it money? Like, what is it within those teams that made them so great? And it came down to um, this backline leadership um, where like, for example, the 99ers, it was like Carla Overbeck and Carla Overbeck was, you know, her consistent leadership from the back. It wasn't a star player. It wasn't having the most talent. It was like, it was a, a player that was just tough gritty and willing, they call, she called them water carriers. Like Carla would be like, Hey, you know, I'll help pull the luggage off the bus. I'll make sure the, the, the trainers don't need any help with their, you know, water bottles after practice. Like she was always contributing in a way that was team centric. And it's a great book. Great. I mean, I think back to Northwestern and like those are the people I remember my seniors you know what right? I mean? like those are the people obviously mm-hmm. Hannah Nielsen's of the world were great like they're amazing amazing leaders as well but you also remember those people that just like they were on the sideline with you or they were you know very, just yeah. getting in but they led that team just as if they were Hannah or oh, you know, 100%. Any of them. yeah did you see that that clip that was on it was going through Twitter or Instagram this week of the the purple team and the, the guy on the bench Oh yes, I love that. And they're like, Amazing. all yeah. the great teams have kids like this. Yep. And I was 100%. like, a hundred percent. I sent it to my team. I'm like, this is what we're talking about. Yeah, like, I know. And I'm always like, I need everyone bought in. You know your role. If your role's on the side and you you buy into that, like you are everything. You are like, if you're not on and you're not in that, like that creates a great team. Yeah. And that's we great. say we're like, your influence is never neutral. And that's like something I bought. I got from Jerry Lynch and. And it's, it's true. Like you have a kid who's like whining and complaining because they're not getting theirs. You know, they're they're You don't even, your actions speak so loud that I don't even need to ask you what's wrong because your body language is already telling me and your teammates that you think this is hogwash. Right. And so like, and I, I'm from a big family. So like, you know, I had a sister used to come down to breakfast in the morning grumpy and we'd all be like, yeah. What the heck? Why are you why are you wrecking our vibe for the day? You go really? back upstairs, yeah. you know. But you know, it's that's how it goes. You're on yeah. a team. You gotta pull like a team. So I know. that's like my biggest non-negotiable. My girls know it's just positivity. I'm just like, I don't care what kind of day you have, but when you step on this field, you are being positive because you mm-hmm. only get this moment and mm-hmm. you know it's all about your response, like of you know, and 100%. your feelings and your energy. Awesome. And and you know, on that is that it's a choice, mm-hmm. right? And the second yeah. thing I'll leave you with is, yeah. is um, what was I gonna say on that? Um, like you you may not, like all of us in life, you you don't show up every day 100%, right? Like yeah. the days that you feel 100%, like those are gifts. They're rare, yeah. So you have to learn how to perform at maybe 60% of your best or 70% or 80%. Like, you know, girls like, Oh, it's the time of month. I'm like, that's fine. But give me your hundred percent of what you have today. Totally. Yeah. I it's love that. Hard, like right? tomorrow I might be sick. I have the second vaccination. I'm still yeah. going to give it a hundred percent. Yeah. And that might be 40%, but that's <laughs> still hundred percent of your 40. Right. Yeah. Love it. That's <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, Jenny, I really appreciate your time and all of your insight. And it was great talking to you. I feel like we'd stay here for three more hours. I know. Right. Um, good luck. You have Mercer tomorrow, right? 
We play Mercer tomorrow, and then we get into a pretty heavy ACC schedule in April, which will be great. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we're looking forward to watching you play. Go get them, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Kyle. See you, Jenny. Bye.